Uh, Announcement-wise, hey, in a few weeks, it's, it's a ways out, but we're going to join uh, St. John's for a soup supper and Lenten service. It's in April. So, but the Lenten services start Ash Wednesday, March 2nd, and then the services start on the 9th and go through April 6th. Then there's Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and of course Easter. So anyway, just putting that out there, that uh, Genesis is going to be joining St. John's on April 6th and bringing soup and for the soup supper at 6.15 and then come to service. So I wanted to mention I, that now. I've never understood why they call it Monday, Thursday. Why, why, why isn't it uh, just one or the other? <laughs> See how terrible he is? We Lutherans are not going to, you know, yeah. Uh, not going to engage that stupidity. Don't <laughs> Don't okay. engage that right. stupidity. Okay, we're going to change the name of it to Commandment Thursday. Oh. Love each other as yes. I have loved you, which is titanium level love. Obedience and command, yeah. that's All what right. we're about okay. as Christians. And I, yes. that's a whole so now you have that, to love so. him because even though he's being Like it or rude. not. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> um, and then uh, as far as offerings and tithes and offerings, we have a basket in the back for those of you who are uh, wanting to give today. There's offering envelopes back there if you need a record of your giving. And for those of you who would prefer to give or maybe you're out there online, you would like to give online, you can do that or you can text to give at 720-730-8510. And then also, for those of you out there, uh, and, and even in here, uh, you're, you're going to be able to raise your hand and answer and, 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 and have questions or comments, but uh, for those of you out in street live stream land, if you would like to engage, and we'd love for you to engage with this conversation today. Uh, we're going to encourage you to text at 720-878-3323 or go to our website at genesiscc.net and there's a chat screen there at the bottom of the live stream and you can connect and chat there so that we can respond to your comments or questions today. So let's uh, put up the slide of what our overarching series is. Again, it's called Why Church? And um, the four of us are going to be on this panel addressing it for the next couple of weeks. And the questions that we're specifically going to entertain are these. What is the church? Why is the church important? Is it still relevant? And how should I be involved? Now, there's lots of questions around those four that will be spawned, I'm sure. And as, we, as you think about things, please text or chat with us about your questions regarding those four specific things or anything else about the local church that you'd like to. We really want to engage with you about your thoughts about, quote, church. And you may have had even a bad experience with church. And we want to hear about that. And uh, we want to know your feelings about that. And our hope is through these next couple of weeks as we dialogue about what is the church, why is it important, is it still relevant, and what should be your commitment to it, that we uh, 
we bring everybody back to a place of hope and trusting. And um, that, that, that's our desire. So I'm going to open our time. Now, each of the speakers has been given three minutes to share just uh, a, an opening statement about the church uh, and how they feel about it. I, I want to lay a foundation to start with. This will be my three to five minutes uh, of why I feel that the church is so very uh, important here. And let me first bring up this slide. If this is a quote regarding diversity. And Lewis, I hope you can find this a quote regarding diversity. Because you're going to hear a lot of diversity among even these four panelists. Here's the quote. The diversity of views gives one the freedom to wrestle. I didn't used to think that that was godly or that there was a place for that. Uh, I mean, there was a right way to believe, and if you're going to be a mature Christian, you need to believe it the way that I believe it. Uh, and of course, our church was the best church, and the most spirit-filled church, <laughs> and the closest to God church, and, and so forth. So if, if, you, if you didn't do it the way that, that, that okay, so anyway. So this, this panel's quite diverse in their feelings and their uh, thinking, uh, even though our son-in-law is a worship leader here, but here we have a, a Lutheran pastor, all right, from a completely different um, segment of the body of Christ, and, and I know that he has some great views as, as well. What is the church? Well, first of all, it isn't a location. It isn't a building. Now, I understand we affectionately refer to our buildings and our meeting places as the church. And I don't think we'll ever stop doing that. There was a move afoot to try to get Christians to catch themselves saying that about the building and stop saying it. No, you don't need to do that. I don't think we need to take it that far. The, the meeting place we affectionately refer to as the church. But what I want you to understand is that that is not the church. It never has been the church. A location is not the church. A building is not the, is not the church. Now, here's what Jesus said. He used a Greek word for the word that's been translated in your English translations for church. He said ekklesia or ecclesia, all right? It was used in Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter 16 and verse 18. I will build my ecclesia, all right? It means gathering. Furthermore, it means movement. So the church is a movement of people that are following, I heard you say this morning in your sermon, Pastor Wes, uh, who are following Christ. And, and another description of that, of a Christian, is to be a passionate Christ follower, all right? You don't attend church, you are the church, all right? So with that underpinning, we're going to, uh, I'm going to open it up to the other three to share their opening thoughts, and then we're going to begin to engage your questions. Once again, we need to be hearing from you right now. You need to be texting 720-878-3323 or typing your engagement with us in the chat window where you're watching the live stream. Now, it was brought to my attention this morning that there's a, a delay between when you type it and when we see it and we apologize for that that's something we think we can narrow the that that amount of time but if you type something and we don't respond immediately it isn't because we're not looking watching and we'll get to it all right 
wants to go next? Or, or you can text 720-878-3323, and that'll come through a little that'll faster. That'll come right through to Nina's phone. Yeah. So, yeah. Who's going to share your yeah, foundational you know thoughts on, on the this? church? What's that? You going to jump on? Uh, you know, I, I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, I'll Okay, um, so for me, uh, I have been in church every year of my entire life. I've never had a memory of a time where I was not in church, so uh, I'm maybe not loud enough. Um, uh, some of my earliest memories were in um, a Nazarene church in, in Brighton. That's where we went, and I think I was three or four years old. And so my entire life, I went to a, a Christian high school, um, I went to a Christian college, I I went on missions trips. I, everything about my life was Christian church, Christian church. Um, and I had this kind of idea growing up that the church is where you go to get the rules and the guidelines for how to make Jesus happy. And then you had your job was to go out in your life and make Jesus happy by doing all the right things. Um, things like uh, I remember being part of churches where tattoos were not okay. Um, and so there would, that would be a rule, right? And you would go and follow that rule. Um, now, if you're paying attention, I have a tattoo wedding ring, which seems like a living contradiction. Um, but... <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's no stone in there, but... So through my life, this has evolved. Um, and the churches... I, Jeff stole a little bit of what I was going to say. It, a place to wrestle. Um, over the years, I've, I, I came across numerous, numerous people that I didn't agree with. Uh, pastors would say something, I wouldn't agree with it. Someone in the church would say something, I wouldn't agree with it. And someone in a Bible study, we would be talking and we wouldn't agree. And to me, that was always a problem. Mm -hmm. I always felt like, if you don't agree with me, one of us has to be wrong. But in the process of 40, 42 years in memory of being in the church, it has served only to shape who I am. Um, and, and create a deeper walk with Christ. And so for me, the church is not a place that you go to get the rules about how to live your life. It's a place that you go to embrace other people and to embrace other understandings and to learn more about Christ through other people. Um, the body of Christ, each person is a piece of it, and it doesn't matter what building you go to, what denomination you're in, you have something to offer, and you are part of the church, great. the whole church. And so to me, that's what church is. Okay, I'll jump into this one. Um, because I was going to go where Jeff went, because we sit around and look at the Greek words and things like that. Um, ekklesia literally translated ek meaning out and klesia meaning called the called out ones to gather the called out ones to an assembly it didn't originate with jesus the idea abraham or abram and sarai were called out of ur of the chaldees to become the chosen people of god Noah was called out of a sinful world to gather together, he and a few animals anyway, uh, onto a big boat. 
even Adam and Eve's story is a calling out, an identifying of people and calling them out. God has always had a people that God has called. That's always. It really gets focused around Jesus, and then this reckless God pours out the Holy Spirit on a bunch of ne'er-do-wells and betraying fishermen and a whole group of people and says, I'm going to entrust you to go continue this calling out of people. Um, and unfortunately, what some of us have done in a spirit of tribalism in the church is saying that our group of people that are called out with our special name and our special tag and our, our special style of worship and stuff are the pure ones, are the right ones. And if, you're, if you don't do Jesus the way I do Jesus, then you ain't doing Jesus kind of thing. You were saying that? That's, that's yeah. the way we used to think. Um, and we're called out to be a witness or go back to Abraham. You're blessed to be a blessing. You know, you're not blessed so that you can sit there and say, I'm better than everybody else in the classroom. I'm better than everybody else on the playground. I'm better than everybody else in the workplace. You're called out so that you can shine the light, so you can share the joy, so that you can express the grace of Christ. Um, and that starts to call people. That starts to bring them home. And that's their, oh, and yeah, they may actually want to join you in whatever building you happen to be in and say the words that you say and sing the songs that you sing, wow. which are great, wonderful, really good, really but good. somebody else is going to sing another song really good, and have another group of words to express that um, and just how broad God's acceptance is of people is kind of like off the charts. Oh, yeah, God so loved the world. I've got it. Your turn to share. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, my, my first thoughts are around this idea of Sunday morning, you know, because we go, I mean, if somebody asked you yesterday, what are you doing tomorrow? You probably said, I'm going to church, right? And, and everybody would have, would have understood you were coming to a Sunday morning service at a building that might be a church-like building, or it could be a storefront. You know, these days, a lot of our churches are, have built their sanctuaries and places in a storefront, or even an old home, and it's become a church type of a building. But so we think of, I think too often we think of church as being Sunday morning. And while what we do on Sunday mornings have a place in the life of the church, in the life of the body of Christ, mm -hmm. I think if we never had Sunday mornings, we're still the church. If Sunday mornings didn't happen, if we didn't have these kind of worship services that we have decided this is when to do that, which, which I'm not even sure why we ever, maybe you know from history why we started having them on Sundays, because it was the Sabbath at one time, and the Sabbath wasn't a Sunday. Yeah, for Protestants. So... Whatever reason we now traditionally do it on Sunday mornings, um, and that's fine that we do, but it is not the church. It's only a part of 
what the church does. Now, other than that, I kind of feel like I'm going to be the person that's still asking a lot of questions because in the last, <laughs> I tell pastor this all the time, when we work at it, I don't know what I believe about this anymore because we've had a lot of stripping away of 40 years of teaching that we have uh, we've been serving the Lord with. And as some of that has stripped away, I'm still asking questions about, well, so what am I supposed to believe about this? And you know, I no longer believe that's a bad thing. I believe that's what scripture is all about. And that's what it's all supposed to be, is that we're all supposed to be questioning and looking and drawing near to God and finding. That's that wrestling. That's that wrestling, right. So I, I find that a positive thing. So, I do too. So yeah. hopefully nobody is going to say, oh, well, why are you on this panel if you yeah. have a bunch of questions? Well, because maybe I represent you, I don't know. but. Okay, so here's a really, really, I'm going to get right into the question I asked you this morning. A really big question. <laughs> so, called out ones, you all both referred to that. But if Jesus came to reconcile the entire world, and he's not separated from us, and he's come to every human being, is not every human being part of the body of Christ? I have to wrestle with that. I'm wrestling with that question. Or is it just a group who I would say f has chosen to follow Christ? If he, he, He's come to reconcile everybody, but not everybody has bought into that. Mm -hmm. So there are those of us who have said, yes, I want to follow. But does that, is there a delineation between those who have chosen to follow, but those who God still loves just like everybody else? We used to believe, of course, that it was only those who had been, quote, born again, so those who had made a decision. And then amongst that group, there were those who were closer to God or a more mature Christian because of what they believed and how they acted. And uh, so that, that was very much the foundation of a church and what made a church go around. Um, uh, I'm very interested in what Wes and Matt feel about that. Let, let me comment on one, one of our regular watchers from Sweden has commented here. And he says, the word church comes from the Greek, meaning the possessive, it's the possessive form, the Greek possessive form of, of the Lord. So it means everything. Isn't that great? The church, everything. He also says, Ecclesia is better translated, the constant calling out. Not a one-time call, as in conversion, which is getting now to your question, but a constant change in calling out of what becomes traditional. Or even better and more correct, the constantly called out ones. Sunday was when Jesus rose and the church decided to do it differently from the Jews and therefore that's how Sunday got chosen there. Isn't that great insight from Ralph uh, out of Sweden? Uh, Carol is asking, uh, actually Carol is just reporting to us, so Lisa has asked, what do you think about the future of a church gathering as it has traditionally been known? Worship, announcements, a sermon that is still relevant, um, and I is that necessary and alive? If so, why? So let's, do either one of you want to respond to the question that Nina's posed? First, before we go on to what Lisa's talking about here. Uh, what stirs in me, um, and I, I really appreciate this question because it makes me struggle as well. Um, 
we like making distinctions. And God doesn't. God is no respecter of persons. Tribalism. Um, we love our tribalism. Thank you, Jeff. Um, and we want to know who's in and who's out. We want to sort things out. We want to sort people out. So true. Um, if you finish reading John 3.16 and go to verse 17, he did not send the Son into the world to judge, to sort out the world. Ooh, wow. Jesus isn't sorting out. Jesus isn't putting who's on the A team, who's on the B team, and who's not on the team. Jesus just loves the world. So everyone gets included. My problem is I don't know which way the wind is going to blow. I don't know how the spirit is going to move in some person or family or community's life so that they are looking like the church. Oh, that goes back to that other question about do we look like, sound like, feel like the church. Mm. The spirit moves where the spirit moves. We can all testify to that, right? Mm -hmm. Every one of us are going, uh, yeah, uh, the spirit moved really radically or slowly. I mean, I remember a woman when we were planting a church, we were talking about conversion experiences. She goes, I've never had anything like that. I've just always followed Jesus since I was a baby. Right. Would to God. Love that. Yeah. That's a testimony. Who needs to have this radical conversion from, you know, the 180? I mean, that's nice too. I'll, you don't know which way the wind blows. You don't know how the spirit moves. Well, so many people that went forward and, for instance, a Billy Graham crusade, okay? Very emotional, very high strung. Um, you see somebody start going, so you get up out of your seat and you go, or you were intentionally brought by a passionate Christ follower with the intention that once they got to the altar call, they were going to turn to you and say, do you want to go up? I'll go with you. Do you know that a larger percentage of those people who did that in that emotional setting have not continued to follow Christ today? And, and so what are we talking about there in that experiential emotional event that, that Ralph says that's not even what church is referring to? It's not referring to the one-time experience uh, of being called out or an emotional event. It's referring to a lifelong journey of continuing to follow. I love that. I love that. I love that. You were about to say something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's a very similar thought process. Um, I can't remember the exact verse, but there, there's a verse, and I used it in one of my, my sermons, uh, that Christ has sanctified for all time those who are being made perfect. And so we have this idea that we have to be perfect to be sanctified, but Christ sanctified us. And the process of life, the process of walking and dealing with all humans, it doesn't, I mean, we, we have this idea that you get, you get revelation from church or you get revelation from other Christians, but it can be anyone in your life that can bring revelation. It can be an experience. Wow. It can be your job. Right. It can be well put. anything that you're, that's, right. that's happening to you in life that's bringing revelation and all truth is God's truth. So it's not like if it didn't come from the church, it's not God's truth. Um, and so we had this, for, for me, my whole life, I had this idea that it was like there was a moment. There was an exact moment in time where you crossed over and you went from, there, and we, we, later I referred to it as magical Jesus, where I said the right words and magical Jesus took me from this group into so this, from the goats into the sheep. And so good. 
uh, as I've grown, I've realized that I, I didn't deserve it today. I don't deserve it today any more than I deserved it when I was four years old and I went to a Gospel Bill uh, conference. That was my moment, right? That was my emotional moment. And I don't know how emotional I was. I was four, I just, but I, I did it. Um, and, right? and then probably seven, eight, 12 more times in high school because I was terrified of going to hell that I didn't do it right and that four years old was too early and that I had to do it again mm. to get to the other side, right? But getting to the other side is a lifelong process and potentially longer than lifelong. Um, and so to have this concept that you just do a thing, say a thing, and all of a sudden, magically, you have been transformed, um, to me is very difficult. Uh, and it, by the way, it is something that I believed for the vast majority of my life. Um, it never really made sense to me. It was always very difficult for me to, to, to reconcile. There was a moment where I was bad and now I'm good, or I was a sinner, now I'm not, um, wow. when really it has been a process of walking with Christ and learning and understanding. Did anybody pick up on this? That was really excellent, by the way. We are recording this, aren't we? <laughs> so, <laughs> did anybody pick up this, pick up on this? It, it's a lifelong, right, journey, and possibly even beyond life. Of course beyond said, life. Yeah, so do you believe in reincarnation? Is that what you're you two are saying, or what? No, I believe in eternal life. Oh, we have the gift of everlasting life. All right. Oh. Can I riff off of perfection? Oh, because please. I was just riffing off of the whole idea of perfection in my class on First Peter before I got into here. So uh, you Lutherans that were in my class, you're going to repeat this one. Um, perfection. Perfection on the, li on the lips of Jesus had absolutely nothing to do with morality. Jesus was not about morality. Okay? Jesus was not about a checklist. Jesus was not about do you live up to a certain number of the 612 commandments, the first 10, the top 10, or whatever. Perfection is an agricultural term. It means coming to the fullness of your life. So you have an apple tree that does not bear apples. That is an imperfect apple tree. But no apple tree looks like the next apple tree, which looks like the next one. Oranges, apricots, plums, prunes, whatever you've got. You are called continually, continually to be all that you were meant to be. That sounds like a slogan for the army to join the army. Yeah, that's what I'm remembering. That's what perfection is. You are called to bear fruit. Oh, there's a biblical image. And so all that... And, and I don't speak ill of the Nazarenes because I'm married to one who was 21 years, 20. Sorry, that whole sanctification language. And, and we rehearsed this in the first Peter class. My Lutherans don't know that word, sanctification, sanctified, mm. you know. It's not, we don't talk about that. We don't, holiness, perfection, and sanctification are not three words you're going to hear in a Lutheran church, which is too bad because the Bible is rife with them, right? It's everywhere. Be holy for I am holy. Come to your fullness. Come to your wow. bear the fruit that you were intended to bear, really good. and that's going to be a lifetime of that. Really good. Glory to God. I'm going to start standing up, and if I stand up, then I'm <laughs> oh, gone. Oh, this is all over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go with. So, uh, so here's a question from one of our. Yeah. Hold on. So one, the, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, oh, one more thing. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, on the lifelong note, uh, there was a, a, a time I was going through a pretty difficult time. 
uh, when I was a teacher and I had led, uh, it was a Christian school and I had led a trip to India and it didn't go very well. Uh, travel, including a tornado and hail and uh, things just didn't go well. And I came back and there was, you know, parents were upset and leaders were upset and it was a, it was a difficult time for me. I was struggling. Um, and, and it, you know, anytime there's been a difficult time, I've always tried to keep my perspective as growth, like, okay, how can I learn and how can I grow from this? And I, this, I believe I was about 33 years old, 32 or 33 years old at the time, and I came in to our teacher staff lounge, and one of the other leaders uh, from that trip was in the staff lounge, and I, you know, I, we hugged, and I was like, I, you know, I, I, I'm learning, this is a, a difficult growth experience, um, and she was like, you know what, Matt? I'm 68 years old. I thought by now the growth experiences would be done, but they're never, they're never done. And to me, it was very depressing at the time. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I thought, and I think that I had said something to trigger her response, something like, I thought I would be better off right now. I thought I would be a better human. I thought I would know better than to um, let these things get to me or whatever. And she, she said that to me, and I, it was like this this wake-up call, like, why would you assume that at 32 years old you've learned everything you're supposed to learn? How ridiculous of me. <laughs> really good. Yes. Shall we? Okay. Yeah. Let's so, take a question from our congregation. So, uh, again, Lisa's question, uh, what do you think about the future of a church gathering as it's been traditionally known? Worship, announcements, a sermon. Is that still relevant is it still necessary? Is it still alive? Hmm. Really good question. Really good. And if so, why? I mean, some thoughts I have on that is, you know, I don't know what the future is. I think, I certainly think it could be changed. But at the same time, we do need teaching. That's part of the body of Christ. You know, the apostles were given, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers were given um, to... For the equipping of the saints. Yes, thank you, for the equipping of the saints. So... I think there's certainly a time we need teaching. We need, we need people who are spending their time studying, preparing, and helping us through their teaching and their preaching, that sort of thing. And, of course, there's just something about coming together uh, and worshiping together. Uh, just coming together. You know, it, the Scripture talks about how that uh, when two or more gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. Why in the world would it say that when he's always in our midst? He's mm. in us. Well, there must be something different about when we come together. Mm. Uh, and I think even in worshiping together. Announcements, well, those are just a necessary evil because you've got to know what's going on if you're a group. <laughs> you know, so you've got to do that somehow, some way. In our experience, you have to do it in every way possible because people yeah. don't read the bulletin, don't read the emails, don't listen to the announcements or forgot what it said or whatever. So, you know, somehow if we're ever going to gather together again, we got to have some sort of announcements. Um, so anyway, those are thoughts about, yes, you know, in the, is it uh, Acts 2.42 where it talks about they gathered around the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and prayer and breaking of bread. So those seem to be pretty standard things that we will do as the body of Christ, does it all have to be done on a Sunday morning? Does it have to be done in a certain routine? No. That's my thought. But what is it going to look like? I don't have, I'm too old, I think. I can't see a different way. I've been doing it this way for 40 years. You got a new way? You younger people, give us a new way to do it if we need to. We've certainly been through a lot of different alliterations. But I can tell you this, 
this kind of event that you're experiencing right now, we would have never allowed on a Sunday morning in our church or in the circle of churches that we were trained under. Would have never happened. All right. Be texting your questions, 720-878-3323. Do you have one? Okay. Do I need to take a microphone? Oh, sure. Let's take a microphone to her so that we can get it on tape. So Nina's our microphone gal. No, that's great. Thank you, though, for persevering. Hold the mic real close to your lips. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Much better. Okay. When I moved back to Colorado, I went to a couple of different churches, and not one person there said boo to me. Nothing. Hi, nothing. So I thought to heck with this. So for several years, I stayed home, and I read and studied the Bible mm-hmm. and tried to apply that to my life. Did that mean I was not part of the body of Christ? Great question. Thank you. Who wants? Oh, I need no, one, one, one at a time in terms of answering yeah, now. Let's no, answer the question. No, no. Who wants to answer that? Well, I, I have an answer, but. Go ahead. Sure, okay. Uh, no, it does not mean that you weren't during that season or that you weren't a good Christian or that God's power and love wasn't just as available and real and dynamic in that setting for you. You, you, you made a sacrificial decision based on an, an unfortunate experience that you had. Unlike a lot of people who unhook from the church completely, all right, you, you, you continued to be a passionate Christ follower. One of the things I heard in what you said is I got my Bible and I worshiped and I, I had church at home. We were at uh, dinner, we, we met, we saw a couple at the same restaurant where we were having dinner and afterwards uh, we were on our way out and we sat down, and, uh, which was a mistake because uh, an hour later we left. But I, and I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> they're here. So uh, we had the most dynamic and wonderful time of sharing. Here's something that that couple said, that when COVID hit, they, they set up at home. And so they'd not only turn on the live stream, but they got out their Bibles. They, they turned in, you know, the liturgy. They worshiped when the people worshiped. They went through responsive prayer when the prayers were going on, you know, in our circle. We don't have so much that back and forth, the liturgical, responsive, you know, involvement of the congregation, which I've come to really love and appreciate in our relationship with St. John's. I knew that was there, and every once in a while, through the years, we've done something like that at our church, but nothing like we intend to do, but you did that at home. That's what this couple said. They, they created a setting at home despite COVID and, and the sanctuary being shut down. They went ahead and said, we're the church and we're going to continue to participate. And they were fully engaged with what was going on, not just listening. I love that. And here today you sit, you're back. Now, you may think one thing or another about the level of commitment that you have, but I want to, 
I want to thank you for continuing in your faith and not allowing the hurt that you experienced by Christians, other Christians in these churches, not even giving you the time of day, not greeting you warmly, uh, all of those kind of things. Because I'm going to argue that one of the greatest, most significant reasons for us to, quote, go to church is community. And you didn't experience community, so you pulled back for a time. Thank you for your passion for Christ. Thank you for continuing. Thank you for loving him deeply and recognizing your identity uh, in, in the Lord Jesus. And, and I think your experience fits right into what our dear friend Ralph from Sweden said about the ongoing continual nature of Ecclesia, all right? That it's not an event. And thank you for staying with it. Okay. You, oh, bless your heart. So she didn't even know this was happening until just this morning, so she slipped in, and you got off one of the best questions, I'm sure, <laughs> of the whole meeting. So thank you very much for your time. God thank bless you. you. We'll you, be Dave. back here at 1045 next week doing this again, okay? <laughs> okay, Jim will take the mic next time that we have one, but go ahead, Pastor. Uh, the word that uh, surfaced for me in, in Deb's question as well as your answer, Jeff, is connectivity. Um, we s continue to be connected. Um, unfortunately, some of us can feel left out and, and unloved to participate in a community. But uh, Jesus called together a holy community. He called them together this community of followers and we continue to live out what it is to be a holy community or holy communion of people which is why we celebrate holy communion every week i mean it's just wow because we don't know any other way to do it and we wrap our worship service up in all sorts of responsive prayers and liturgical this and that and that. and Nina had to kind of like drum up some old Catholic blood or something when she started working here in the office because we just <laughs> That's... we freaked her out with lectionary and liturgy and all these L words that she was. That's didn't great. So, um, and I just I think the sacristy must be holy. The sacristy must be holy because it's got that sack word it in it, which is no. It just means it's a sack uh, because there's we just dump a lot of junk in there. So that's just really what that is. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the two of I you are going to share a mic now, and uh, uh, Matt has something he wants to say in response. All right. And what's her name? Debbie? So, okay. Um, so in Debbie's question, she said, you know, like, if, if I stopped going to church, but I still read my Bible, am I still part of the church? I, and I want to take it a step further. I have numerous, numerous friends. No, I don't. That's, that's an exaggeration. Numerous of my friends, <laughs> <laughs> of the two or three friends you, that you have, and acquaintances, two of the three, <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, are people who were raised in the church and left the church at some point, either teenage years, college years, or some sometime after that, um, and they have been wrestling with their belief. Most of them, when I talk to them, they say, they'll say something along the lines of, I believe in a higher power. 
and I try to be good, and I try to do right things. Um, but they have turned their back on the church gathering. They've turned their back on, on religion in, in the form of Christianity. But they're still wrestling. And I would argue that those people are still part of what we would consider the church, right? God has called them out. They still understand some form of, of that. And they're, they're wrestling with it. They're working it out. And I've had some of the best conversations, spiritual conversations of my life with people who used to be Christians and no longer want to be part of the church. So I think it doesn't even require anything of you if you leave and you've been hurt and you, you have taken a different path to be part of what is God's purpose for loving the world through Christ. Really good. I'm going to then springboard back off of that. I'm going to do a backflip to something that you asked me this morning and then reiterated here. So does this mean everybody is part of the church? I mean, do we believe in a universal salvation? And here was my response earlier this morning to Nina. What Jesus did, he did for humankind. And in the mind and heart of God, Jesus was a lamb slain, I'm quoting Paul in Ephesians, before the foundation of the world. All right, I wasn't saved at the point that I shook the preacher's hand and asked forgiveness and went to church. In God's heart and mind, he forgave me from the foundation past, before the foundation of the world, Jesus was a lamb slain. Um, I believe the forgiveness of God causes all humanity to be reconciled to God in his heart. But here, and there's, I shouldn't even use the word but. So here's what Paul said regarding then our posture towards those who are not yet following Christ. He said, and here was the quote, God was in Christ reconciling the world, not just those who go to church or have prayed the prayer or been born again or responded in a Billy Graham crusade. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. And he has given you the ministry of reconciliation. My place in the church, we're talking about what is the church. I believe the church is the universal body of Christ to include all humans. But many of those human beings do not yet know they've been reconciled by the forgiveness and love of God. And that's our ministry, to come alongside them, raise the activity or the water level of the Holy Spirit's activity in their life and introduce them to this beautiful Savior who has forgiven and redeemed humankind. That would be my personal posture on Nina's question earlier about, so what is are we saying that the church is all humanity or is there such thing as our, our, um, our Mennonite brethren and our uh, Catholic brethren and our, uh, our mystics uh, believe about a universal what, what about body Mus of Christ? What about Muslims? What about et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I, so 
I, I just don't put people in a camp. There isn't a Muslim camp and a Christian camp and a, you know, a Jewish camp. We understand culture and we embrace and celebrate the differences that culture presents. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm saying that in the mind and heart of God, as far as his posture towards humanity, he doesn't see camps. He doesn't divide us into tribalism. And so whether you are a Muslim or a, um, um, a, a, Jew. a Jew, or how about over the, the Chinese and Asian? Hinduism and there's Buddhism. Buddhism and so forth. They may not worship God in the way that I do, but God's heart for them and the death of our Savior and the reconciliation to God in Christ reconciling the world to himself is no different for the Muslim or the Hindu than it is for the American evangelical Christian. Come on now, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? We see things through a very evangelical American gospel and we say we're right. Oh, really? So we're right and every other human that worships God is wrong and we need to get them saved. That's a great deal of the problem in my eyes, Pastor Wes. We do like to sort people out. Um, it's just, it's our nature which is pretty sinful. Um, oh, I had a thought, I had a thought, I had a thought, and I'm losing it. Um, but it's, um, it revolves around that universal that you were talking about. It's okay. still the, just that God loves the entire... Well, I'm going to go a step beyond humanity. God loves all of creation, and therefore we should be loving creation and taking care of the good gift of creation that we have been given. So, wow. But I could riff on that for a while too. Well, um, some, someone once asked me, so you believe in universalism? And I said, no, I believe in historical reconciliation, the message that Paul taught in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Well, I just, I don't want to ignore this comment. So, uh, many of you all know Fran, and Fran in the past few months has been a, you know, she's a member of St. John's Church, and that this, that's her church, but she comes and, and visits with us here at Genesis as well, and so her comment is in direct relationship to these two parts of the body of Christ, St. John's and Genesis, and she says um, she feels that perhaps that the messages come differently through these two uh, expressions of the body of Christ. The Lutherans, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, the Lutheran service to her has a specific way to be carried out. The lessons from the Bible are very specific. Uh, Pastor West gets through to her. Uh, and, then, um, <laughs> and then at Genesis gathering, she feels like the lessons are broadened. Maybe that's a way to put it. Uh, and sometimes she feels Pastor Jeff talking and explaining things differently that, that she then recognizes. And so she gets something from both. They're just different. So. And I have sat in Catholic liturgical services and walked out crying. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that if I had a chance to sit in a Hindu service or uh, an Arabic service or whatever, that I could have an experience with God. But you know why? It wouldn't be because of that tribe 
or that I agree with the way they do everything. It would be because I know him. I've come to know him. And so whatever way you worship him in, I can find meaning in that. It might not be my my method of choice. When I get back to my church, we might not change everything up, and that's fine. But we don't need to classify and tribalize and then put people on the we and they. You're on the outside of real redemption and real salvation. We know the way. So I'm so thankful that got settled in the gospel that, that Paul preached. <clears throat> Is that all from the... Okay, Matt's going to add something, and then please, if, if anybody has, and to you on the live stream again, if you'd like to engage with us about what is the church, please type your answer into the chat window. We've been receiving some from all the way from Sweden, or uh, you can text us, 720-878-3323. Uh, so this, is, this has been a, a little bit of a difficult journey for me um, after 40 years of believing one thing and then very specifically not believing the other thing. Um, believing and, and telling and preaching to people that if you don't do this, X, Y, Z, you will go there. And Hell? We don't say that here. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and for me, I, I, I want to approach this with humility. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'll say I don't know. Uh, I believe very strongly one way. I have a lot of strong opinions, but opinions are just dangerous. Um, one thing that to me gives me peace, um, my entire life I had an adversarial relationship with everyone who was not in church. Mm. Whether you were a Christian and not in church, you were backslidden, or if you were not a Christian, didn't believe that, you were an adversary. I didn't hate you. I didn't want you to go to hell, but I believed you were. And so it created a situation where I was constantly trying to convince other people that they were not good enough. It was horrible. I hated, I hated being a Christian and having the burden of trying to convince people to believe what I believed exactly so that they didn't go to hell. When, when I started coming to Genesis and started processing through this, I had mentioned that in my mind, for probably the last 20 years, I've had a, a major conflict with what I believed. I didn't, it, it was, it was contradictory. Um, God being all loving, unconditionally loving, and yet, if you don't do this exact thing, if you're not born in the right country, if you're not and so for me, it wasn't a hard transition to believe that, but I still have unknowns. I still don't know. There is no certainty, and I think God's okay with that. I think God's okay with yeah. you struggling and wrestling through yes, understanding wrestle. what it means to follow Christ. Do you have to meet the checklist? Is there a checklist? Wow. And I think the thing that gives me the most peace about what I believe is that it is so much easier to love people that are not Christians when I believe the way I believe now. Yes. Unconditionally. I don't have, yes. You don't have to do anything for me to care about you. Yes. You don't have to do anything for me to show you love. 
without hoping and expecting in the back of my mind that someday I'll figure out a way to convince you that I'm right and you're wrong. It's horrible. It's not a way that you should treat people. And I'm convinced by this alone, I can love people freely without condition if I believe everyone is loved by God without condition. And what about being a receiver and not always the giver? I've always been busy with trying to convince, mm. right. exhort, extol, whatever. How about my Muslim friend over at the mosque over on Irma and 112 has gifts and blessing and strength and courage and wisdom to give me? That's right. Can I receive wow. from so the good. other? It's not so much what you so give. Good. You know, maybe we just need to shut up and receive. Excuse me, I didn't mean to be rude. <laughs> or I did. Maybe we just need to receive the gift of life that we, I'm always going to say is Jesus, because that's the only language. I just know Jesus' language. I just know Christian language. But that doesn't mean my okay. Hindu, Buddhist, and Muslim sister, brother, family can't be of, of strength and courage Absolutely. and wisdom in so my good. life. I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. There's wisdom in, in traditions, and it's all of God. Wow. Well, panel, we really only got to the first question, what is the church? We hit all around on some great relevant topics, and I love, love, love that. Our, our sound people are preparing a great version of the Lord's Prayer. We have a video. We're going to close our service with it in just a moment. Let me say to all of you that have been watching via live stream, we're going to continue this panel for it looks like a couple of weeks and entertaining these questions that we've posed at the outset the four and we'll continue to email you so that you're abreast of what we're doing please keep in mind that during this series called why church the service will start at 10:45 and not at 10:30 so that we can adjust to the schedule that uh, Wes has to keep with his own church and his meetings with his uh, individuals. I, I, I'm going to close with this. Our, our dear friend, uh, Ralph, who's watching uh, from, I've been saying Sweden, has corrected me. He said, Switzerland. I do not live in <laughs> Switzerland, sir. Sweden. Forge, fjords, Switzerland, Sweden is the, what is it? Fjords. Yeah, but, but Switzerland is cheese, chocolate, and mountains. So we're going to put together a cruise, Ralph, and we're going to get out there to see you, okay? We love you, love you, love you. Thank you. And you all know it's nine hours later there. So that's a commitment on his part, and he regularly engages with us. Isn't that exciting? Everybody, I want to thank you. We're going to pray a prayer just before we leave and before we listen to the Lord's Prayer by the video. We're going to have it on the screen here, so let's bring that up. This is a communal prayer that I've put together that I'd like to ask all of you to join us in praying, and it will be on the screen here. Could we look?
and it will be over on the, there we go. Thank you so much. Ready? Let's pray. Lord, place us in the text of Scripture rather than the certainty of a constitution. Open our eyes to see the conversation, the story, the predicament, the spirit, and the incredible community of people who keep bumping into the living God. May we be a people who, even in the midst of experiencing setbacks, disappointment, and messiness, are best of all a people who are growing in trust of Jesus and one another. Cause us to see what you see, to feel what you feel about your church. Increase our faith that we can be part of making a difference, even starting anew. God bless you all, and again, thank you for watching. We'll see you next week at 1045. Somebody worship the Lord in this place. Open your mouth and worship. How will we worship the sound? Oh God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done.
volver. 